Hello and welcome to the Southside Church podcast. For more information about Southside Church located in Cape Town, South Africa, visit southsidechurch.co.za. We hope that you enjoy the message. Hello. This last Sunday at Southside Church, we got the privilege of baptizing people which had experienced the power of Jesus come into their lives. And as I was preparing to deliver the sense of what was on my heart, I was reminded of a story that Jesus told in the Gospel of Luke chapter 15. In the story, he was trying to help others understand the heart of God. Jesus told a story about two sons. The youngest son went to his father and said that he wanted his inheritance early. Now, during this period in history, what the son would have been communicating through this request to his father is that he considers his father as good as dead. So this young son takes his inheritance. He leaves the house and he seeks to prove his worth through purchasing possessions with that money, gaining popularity with others and looking as though he's performing well in life with the provision he seems to have. This doesn't work out as he planned and he ends up squandering all the money and being left homeless. At this point, he's so desperately hungry that he finds a job feeding pigs And while he's feeding them, he's even tempted to take their food and eat it himself because he's so hungry. It's interesting that at this point in the scripture from Luke chapter 15, it says that in the middle of the mess, he came to his senses and realized that even being a slave in his father's house would be better than feeding pigs. So he starts making his way home while preparing his justification speech hoping that if he says the right words the right way, that instead of his father killing him for having rejected his father and squandering his money, his father will at least accept him as a slave in his household. And then it tells us in verse 20 of Luke chapter 15, that while he was still a long way off from the house, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to the father, Father, um, uh, I have uh, sinned against heaven and against you. There he started his justification speech, and, and he says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, but... The father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. The father in this story shows the son unconditional love. Through his actions, giving him a ring, a robe and sandals, he was declaring, I love you, my child, and my favor is upon you. And it's interesting because there's another moment documented in the pages of scripture where the father says to his son that he loves him and his delight is in his son. And that is found in Matthew chapter 3 verse 17. Just before Jesus had performed any miracles or started his public ministry, he was baptized. And as he came out of the water, the voice of his father declared, This is the son I love, and my greatest delight is in him. 
And that very same declaration is the declaration of God over our lives. In the midst of our imperfection, like the young son who squandered his inheritance, our father still says, I love you, my child, and my favor is upon you. And like Jesus, who had not yet performed to prove his worth, so for you and I, without having to perform, the voice of our good father declares, this is my son, this is my daughter whom I love, and my greatest delight is in you. But the truth is, we very often don't live clearly hearing the voice of our Father telling us that we are loved and favored regardless of our performance or our imperfection. And that's because, like the young son, we all tend to wonder from God's presence and then become deaf to his whisper, I love you, my child, and my favor is upon you. Like the young son, we all tend to wonder because every time I search for unconditional love where it cannot be found, I've drifted from the voice of my father who whispers this. Henry Nowen describes it when he writes in his book, The Return of the Prodigal Son. The farther I run away from the place where God dwells, the less I'm able to hear the voice that calls me the beloved. And the less I hear that voice the more entangled I become in the manipulations and power games of the world. You see, there are many voices in my world, voices that are loud, full of promises and very seductive. These voices say to me, go out and prove that you are worth something. It's interesting that Jesus himself experienced this. After Matthew 3 verse 17, where the voice of his father before any performance said, this is the son I love and my greatest delight is in him. He was then led into the desert where for 40 days he experienced the voice of the devil tempting him to prove his worth by his performance instead of accepting the words of his father. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 4, it describes these three voices of temptation. In Luke chapter 4 verse 3, it says, The devil said to Jesus, If you are the Son of God, tell the stone to become bread. In other words, the assumption here is, I am what I do. This is about performance. Prove that you are the Son of God, that you are loved by your Father by doing something. Then in Luke chapter 4 verse 5, it says the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. In other words, the enemy said, look at all the things around you everyone else has. Who are you without these things? And here the temptation is for us to assume I am what I have, possessions, possessions. And then in verse 9 of Luke chapter 4, the devil says, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from the top of the temple, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. The enemy invited Jesus here to throw himself down from the highest spot in the temple and let others see the angel save him that people might believe in him. This has the assumption that I am what others think, popularity, popularity. 
Here Jesus was tempted to define himself by his performance, possessions, and popularity. And like Jesus, these are the voices the son heard in the story Jesus told from Luke chapter 15. The young son wanted his inheritance to prove his value with performance, possessions, and popularity. But these things caused him to wander from his father. And these things cause us to wonder too. As Henry Nouwen said that we referred to earlier, the farther I run from the place where God dwells, the less I'm able to hear the voice that calls me the beloved. And the less I hear that voice, the more entangled I become in the manipulations and power games of the world. Think about this principle in the context of Mark chapter 8 verse 36 in the Bible which says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, all the possessions, popularity, and performance, yet forfeit their soul? I forfeit the well-being of my soul when I listen to the voices that call me to prove my worth instead of the voice of my Father that calls me worthy. When I follow the voices calling me to prove my worth, I live for love instead of from love. I desperately grasp at anything that might satisfy my need to be loved. The nicer car, the bigger house, the perfect partner. And in this process, I become entangled in a web, exhausted because of striving to gain more while worrying about what I might lose we begin to then live tired and worried. Jesus responds to that kind of life with the words of Matthew chapter 11, 28 to 30 from the message version of the Bible. He says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You see, the weight of religion says, I messed up. My dad is going to kill me. But real relationship with God the Father says, I messed up, I need to call my dad. And this is the call of God to you and I, come to me. The young son in the story we heard about assumed that his dad would kill him. And so he approached his dad assuming he was only worth being a slave. But his dad ended up responding by saying, I'm so glad you called me. If your mess... Your imperfections and failures make you stay away from God. It's because you've wandered closer to the voices telling you to prove your worth by a perfect religious performance instead of God the Father's voice who says, Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Like the son who found himself in a pigsty because of his own choices, we need to come to our senses in the middle of our mess. Today you need to recognize that your performance, possessions, and popularity don't define your worth. And neither do your imperfections or the messy moments of mistakes. You see, the devil knows your name but calls you by your sin. Yet God knows your sin yet calls you by your name.
And he says to you, come to me. If I have a five rand coin and it drops in mud, I pick it up and I'm aware that even if its shine is covered with a muddy mess, it hasn't lost its value. In fact, because I know the value of the coin, regardless of the mess, I choose to reposition that that coin in a place where I can clean it, where I can remove the dirt and the muddy mess and reveal its value. In the same way, when you and I find ourselves in places of imperfection or failing to perform, not having the possessions or the popularity, we don't have to assume that our worth and our value has been lost. In fact, it's those very moments in which we are called to come to Jesus. We are called to come home to the Father, to reposition ourselves in His presence so that Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 can be experienced. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. You come with the muddy mess of your imperfection, your failure at performing, having the possessions and popularity. And when you come to God instead of running away from Him, you realize that your worth is not created, it's discovered. I end with the words from Henry Nouwen in his book, The Return of the Prodigal Son, where he writes, For a very long time, I considered low self-esteem to be some kind of virtue. I had been warned so often against pride and conceit that I came to consider it a good thing to deprecate myself. But now I realize that the real sin is to deny God's first love for me to ignore my original goodness. Because without claiming that first love and that original goodness for myself, I lose touch with my true self and embark on the destructive search for what can only be found in the house of my Father. Today I pray that you would hear the voice of your Father affirming your worth declaring as he did to Jesus, this is my son, this is my daughter whom I love, and my greatest delight is in you.